This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Well, here we are at week three of the coronavirus quarantine, the hockey hiatus, the us sitting here and doing basically nothing but pumping out content for our lovely listeners. It is week three (laughs) of the hockey hiatus, and you are tuned in to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and is with me, again, as always, is Nick Horwat. How are you today, Nick, and how have you been since we last talked, which was about a week ago today is the last time we talked. Well, uh, it has been a week. It's I've done nothing. I think me and Megan have crushed through about four seasons of One Tree Hill. Um, that's all we've been doing, really. That, eating, uh, sitting around. I've been trying to write a lot, but got told two-part stories don't play well, so i got to figure something out with that <laughs> and go from there. I think it's a really interesting story that would have been nice to have two parts on, but hey, if i got to squeeze all 5,000, 6,000 words into one piece, just... Take your time reading it, I guess. You can read it in two parts just because it's not posted in two parts. Read it in two parts. <laughs> yeah, take your damn time on it. Come back. Give me more page views. That's more money. <laughs> oh, always about the page views there, aren't you? It's got to be. It's how I get a paycheck these days. <sighs> yeah. I mean, for me, basically the same thing. A lot of eating. Just went and dug out the weights from after the move, so we're going to have to start using those. Uh, I started writing as well, not on a professional site, mm-hmm. just my own random site. So, I mean, you can check that out if you want to. It doesn't really matter. I'm not too concerned about page views. I'm just putting somewhere else to put more opinions that I can't fit into this platform. So Exactly. And the weather's finally breaking. Other than a tornado warning yesterday, it's looking like spring's finally rolling around a little bit. Yeah, over the weekend, 70s and sunny. I mean, with everything going on, at least we have some decent weather because for a while there, it was you can't really go anywhere. Nothing's really open, and the weather's crappy, so you can't really even go sit outside. At least now... We have we have that. Oh, I was good. I was absolutely ready to record this outside on the porch, but uh, it is windy as hell right now. Yeah, I'm not sure how well that would have sounded coming through the microphone, but but nonetheless, we'll we'll get through this. We're going to talk a little bit about Penn's hockey. We're going to talk a little bit about our hockey bucket list, which is coming up in a minute. And then after that, we'll go outside and we'll enjoy the rest of the day. We'll try to for sure. So let's start with the first thing that we're talking about, which is our hockey bucket list. Everybody has one, or at least most hockey fans will have one. Places and things you want to do involving hockey that you want to do before the end of your life. And there's a lot of things that I I have done. And I know there's a lot of things that you have done when it comes to hockey as well. Of course, going to a playoff game is one thing. Going to a finals game is another thing. Going to Stanley Cup parades, all that. We've done a lot of that stuff. But what is something else that is on? Yeah, exactly. Blessed, especially when it comes to the Stanley Cup stuff. What is on your hockey bucket list? Um, I can remember really early on in my life. The top thing was to see, uh, win or lose, was to see the Stanley Cup get risen for a win, just to be there, win or lose. And I was lucky lucky or unlucky enough, I guess, however you want to put it, to be at the game in 2008 where the Penguins lost game six to the Red Wings and watch Nicholas Lindstrom, at the time captain of the Detroit Red Wings, lift the cup. And it was a cool moment just to see and to be there for. Um, I don't think I, I don't remember a ton of it. I don't remember sticking around too long into their celebration, but that was the big one for me for a long time. Um, so I'm glad I got to at least achieve it in some sort of way, not a penguin thing, but something, another one that's not a penguin thing for me that I want to do, uh, which 
might be near the top of my hockey bucket list then is to see a game at MSG. Oh, uh, that's Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah, that's the exact same thing as my top. And I don't know where it came from. I w- wouldn't have assumed it to be, except for I was watching the old um, throwback games that NHL has been putting on YouTube. I've kind of been starting every day with those. But the one was Messier's 500th goal, and it was at MSG. And I just remember just out of nowhere, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I want to see a game there, like whether it's you know Rangers versus whoever, just something. Just because of the building that it is. It is Madison Square Garden. It is the most iconic uh, venue in the world, and – That'd probably be the one. Yeah, just to talk a little bit more about MSG. Yeah. I, I said it was at the top of my list, too, for for reasons that you, you said as well. It is the hockey mecca. It is the place that hockey is kind of born out of. It's an original six arena, which is amazing. And it is the arena, not just for hockey, but it is the arena for basically the entire United States. So I think just going to watch a hockey game there would be insane, especially now you look at the, the team that they have together. They have Panarin and Zibanejad. It's a really fun team, a really young team, so... It doesn't have to be Penn's Rangers. It could be Rangers Islanders, which would be fantastic. It could be Rangers Bruins. It doesn't matter. Rangers versus anybody. I just want to be at MSG. But another one that's on there for me, and it's kind of weird that I haven't done it because of how much I love hockey and how close we are to it. I want to visit the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. It's something that has eluded me Mm -hmm. for the first 23 years of my life. Right now, I don't have my passport. Me neither. Don't worry. That's kind of hampering my ability to do that, and especially with the COVID-19. That's also hampering my ability to cross the national border. But uh, obviously, going to Toronto would be fun anyway, but visiting the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. And hopefully, once everything is passed over and once I get my passport, I can get up there in the next year or so. Yeah, the Hockey Hall of Fame is obviously one on – it should be on everyone's. It's something I would, you know, die to do anytime soon because of, you know, just of how historic it is to be there. And I don't have a passport either, so there's that. But um, eventually I'll get one. I also still need to get the new real ID too, but that's a whole other – Hey, that got pushed back. Oh, great. The government has pushed back taking our money. Um, (laughs) For now. Yeah. But to add on to my bucket list – a small one would be just to play ice hockey on a professional rink in any sort of capacity Ooh. or outdoor, I guess. Ooh. Because, I mean, I didn't grow up playing hockey on ice at least, so I'm not used – so I've never done it really. I've only ever played it, you know, the island at RMU, and that's it. <laughs> um, so playing a game of sort on any sort of professional or even just skating in an outdoor rink, most like, mostly a frozen pond at least, playing in some sort of that capacity. But another one that I was – going to be crossing off next month but this whole coronavirus thing screwed it for me was playing any sort of hockey with a former or current professional hockey player i didn't even tell you yeah i didn't tell you this one yet brilliancy because i wasn't so sure how the whole thing was going to go but i signed up um with north hills deck hockey to play with it was supposed to be tyler kennedy one of the hansons i cannot remember which one phil bork and another former penguin Wait, wait, first of all, I played in the league at the same place. Was this was this opportunity possibly available to me, and you just didn't tell me? It was, and I th- thought I threw it in the group. I th- honestly, I thought I threw it in our deck team group chat. I may have been wrong. You probably cut me out of there because I moved. No, I think, if anything, <laughs> I would have used the same one. Yeah. Um, but I definitely sent it around, and spots were limited, too. So I just... Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I'm just no, yeah, pulling good. your chain. So was this on deck surface yes. or was this ice hockey it would have been deck hockey it would have been down okay. at uh, north hills yeah well that's cool it would have unfortunately been, i mean I yeah was, it would have been cool <laughs> i was gonna eventually tell you and i just kept forgetting and then finally i was like hey i should tell brilliance i was like wait it 
it's probably not happening. It's, yeah, it's listen, yeah. everything for the next two months is canceled. The world. Yeah. So everything but Walmart, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have been fun, especially considering Kenny's one of my favorite players, and Phil Bork would have been a cool dude. I was gonna try and you know find a way to maybe squeeze an interview in for the podcast, but doesn't look like any of that's gonna come through. And I'm hurt about it, but it was gonna be a cool opportunity any anyway. But that's um, one of the things on my bucket list then is to play some sort of hockey in any capacity with a former or current uh, NHL player. Yeah, that's a really good one. I I never even thought about that when I thought about putting it on here, but that is something that would be so incredibly cool. Did you have anything else to add? I, I have one more. Go ahead I with your one more. That's all out I the got. Segment with. <clears throat> that's all you got? Okay, mine is, and there's a lot of people that say, oh, I want to watch a game in every arena in the NHL. I personally know that I'm never going to be able yeah, to Yeah, that's do a hard that. one. Like that is a lofty goal and if you if that is your goal and that is what you're doing, kudos to you and that is amazing because that is something that would be insane and would be amazing, but when I'm making a hockey bucket list, I try to make something that's a little bit more realistic for me personally and I know I'm not going to be able to go to the LA's to go to see <laughs> Anaheim and do all of that and and see a game in every single arena, but one thing that is kind of hard to obtain and hard to do. I want to watch a game at every Canadian hockey arena because between the Bell Center, the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, and then you go over and see the games in Winnipeg. And first of all, Vancouver is beautiful. I just want to visit Vancouver. Mm -hmm. and, and all of these arenas, and of course the way that Canadians view hockey is so much different than the way that Americans view hockey, and I just haven't had the chance to experience that firsthand at least, other than Toronto fans coming to Pittsburgh to, when it's Maple Leafs pens. So I would love to just go up to Canada. Again, need to renew my passport. I have it, ah. but I need to renew it because the last time I used it was in, when I was 15 and I went to Greece. So yep. I want to renew it. I want to do that. And just going to, I believe it's seven, yeah, seven arenas up in Canada, watching all of those games or uh, any game. Again, same thing as MSG. It doesn't need to be the Penguins. I just want to go up there and see games in those arenas and see how Canadians view and, and take in the hockey. I think it'd be amazing. No, yeah, yeah. They view it differently because it is their, it's their thing. It is their, not life but to say, but it is their sport. It is the one that they um, can hold claim to. It's the one that they've had the most dominance over since its origins. And, you know, going forward, it's going to be their thing. It may be on the slide a little bit there youth-wise, um, but there's – that's pretty much everywhere. There's all different sorts of variables and reasons for youth sports sliding across the board everywhere, but Canada will never let go of it. It is one thing. It is theirs forever, and watching a Canadian team play in front of Canadian fans has got to be something different. It's That's something I've never thought of either, but, I mean, you had mentioned seeing every or seeing a game in every arena. I'm going to throw an asterisk to that and say that's not exactly what I would think of, but maybe owning, you know, like a shirt or a jersey of every team. Did you get all so, that? I, I got most of that. You're mainly going in and out. Oh, so we'll, we'll cool. try to fight through it in this second half of this episode. We are going to take a quick break. When we return, we are going to discuss more of the March of the Penguins Madness. We've had a lot of good response to this, and we're going to keep on marching through it. We have the first round matchups today in the Penguins personnel region. 
This episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg, episode 52 today and this week. This is week three of the hockey hiatus due to coronavirus, but we continue to march on as it is also week three of the March of the Penguins Madness Tournament. Absolutely. On drop days, of course, we are going to be posting Twitter polls with each matchup. You, our loyal listeners, will determine the winner of each matchup. You guys get the drill. This is the third week we're doing it. So before we get going, let's discuss the old-timers round one winners. No upsets. None again. I mean, I think you were hopeful for some, but looking back at it, there were some blowouts and there were some, there was at least close ones for sure. There were a couple close ones. We had our first 100 to nothing percent vote. Man, people, I'm, I get on one of them. People need to put some respect on John, on Jean Pronovo's name, man. I mean, seriously, he was probably one of the first, if not the first captain, I can't think off the top of my head of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, not the yeah, first, that was a little disrespectful. First. Yeah, it's we'll talk about that one first. Paul Coffey beating Jean Pronovo. I always mess up his name personally, but the four beating the thirteen in a one hundred point swing. Brutal. Would you like to continue reading? <laughs> we'll start at the top. Mario Lemieux defeated sixteen seed Rob Brown ninety four to six. Even no Rob Brown got a vote. There. <laughs> yeah, Rob Brown got a vote against Mario Lemieux. So. Yeah, some people need to do their history, I guess. Thanks, I don't troll. Know. We tried to help out. <laughs> Brian Trottier, the eight seed, defeated Pierre LaRouche 53-47. to That was one of the close ones you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Ron Francis defeated Sil Apps 93-7. to Kevin Stevens barely edged out Rick Kehoe 53-47. Tom Barrasso defeated Ron Stackhouse 80-20. to Michelle Breer over Larry Murphy 54-46. to And Yarmir Yager Yogs defeated... Good old Randy Carlisle, the most underrated defenseman in Penguins history, as I called him last week, 93% to a measly 7%. So that is the first round of the old-timers region. Let us get into the personnel region, the first round. Horwat, lead us off. Uh, the one seed against the 16th seed. Two coaches. Uh, one of them is an assistant. You'll be talking about the wrecking ball. I'll be taking the Badger Bob Johnson, who... Um, let's be honest, he may not have been here long, but he is known as more than just a head coach in Pittsburgh and for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, but just a quick, you know, head coaching accolade is a Stanley Cup champion with the Penguins, one for one in Pittsburgh for Cups. Um, finished that season with a 
41, 33, and 5 record. But like I said, it wasn't just, you know, the wins and losses or bringing a cup to bring bringing the first cup to Pittsburgh. Um, granted, that is a you know big thing to do, but it was the impact that he made on this on the team, on the players, and on the city while he was here for his short time. That you know, ask anyone on that team, they'd say he was one of the best, if not the best, coach they had ever had. And you know, he was more than just a coach; he was a man. He cared about you off the ice. That's it was the things he did off the ice, and the moniker. Just it's a great day for hockey. We'll live on in Pittsburgh forever. All thanks to the Badger. And what he did in this city and what he did for this team, bringing them their first Stanley Cup in 1991 and, you know, tragically passing away later that, you know, later that year. But we don't look at that part. We look at all the great things he did here. May not have been many, but it was enough to be the number one seed for this uh, tournament. Yeah, you can't either talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, see anything about the Pittsburgh Penguins, or, or basically do anything involving the Pittsburgh Penguins without knowing about Badger Bob Johnson. Of course, you mentioned the moniker. It's a great day for hockey. And today, a day like today, would have been a great day for hockey. Nice and sunny playoff hockey, possibly. He's taken on the 16 seed, somebody that he coached in his rookie season. That is the wrecking ball you mentioned, Mark Recchi. He is currently the assistant coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But prior to coaching, he had a 22-year NHL career. I don't think people realize how long he was in the NHL. He's an Ironman just as much hmm. as Yarmir Yager is, but Yager, of course, to the umpteenth degree. But in his career, Recchi was a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2017. So he had a great playing career, including two stints with the Pittsburgh Penguins, seven seasons totaling, 389 games played, 385 points, so just under that point-per-game mark. He played on that 1991 championship team that brought the Stanley Cup to the city of Pittsburgh the first year. Of course, in Game 6, he got knocked out in the third period due to that hit that he took from behind, but at the same time, he was a very integral part to that team. That was, And then the year after that, he was traded from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia in the famed Rick Tockett trade. I know we're going to talk about Tockett a little bit later, oh. but that is, that is where... The 16 seed Mark Recchi was traded to, and then he came back a little bit later. Essentially, the Penguins lost Tockett to the Coyotes, and they gained Recchi in coaching in 2017. So basically, they got traded back, but different team involved. That brings me to nine seed Rick Tockett. Let's is. just keep on yep. rolling it. The current head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, one of the possible finalists before all this went down for the Jack Adams Award this year. He's done a really good job with that team since 2017 when he took over. But before that, he was assistant coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins and most famously known as the Kessel Whisperer, the Hot Dog Whisperer, <laughs> whatever you want to tout him. He was the guy that got through to Phil Kessel, and that meant a lot. And that's probably the biggest reason that Phil Kessel is currently an Arizona Coyote. Big props to him. He's a great coach. But as a player, he was a great player as well. He only played three seasons with the Penguins. He was initially traded, like I mentioned, during the 92 season for Mark Recchi from Philadelphia, and he said it on the Pittsburgh is Home video, and I know we've we've mentioned that a couple times because mm -hmm. we've watched it so many times, and it's just ingrained in our memory. He didn't know how he would feel about putting on the black and gold after wearing the orange and gold for the first seven years of his career. But when he got here, playing with Mario Lemieux, went on to win a Stanley Cup in 1992 and be on one of the best teams in hockey history in the 1992-93 season. So he had a great career as a Pittsburgh Penguin, as a player, he had a good career as a Pittsburgh Penguin as a coach, and now he is having a good start to a career as a head coach for the Arizona Coyotes. That is our nine seed, Rick Tockett, and he will be taking on who, Horwat? He'll be taking on the uh, 
eight seed of Ron Burkle. He's higher than Rick Tockett for one reason, really, is that Lemieux didn't work alone when it came to saving the Penguins from extinction in Pittsburgh. Lemieux needed a, needed someone to do all this with, and Burkle was the one for him. He stepped in as the partner with Mario and has been a part owner since him and Lemieux acquired the team in 1999. And a lot of things have happened in Pittsburgh since then, including three Stanley Cups, which will make which puts Ron Burkle's name on the Stanley Cup, which means he'll be going down in history, in hockey history, as an owner of a team that had won the Cup three times, at least. And, you know, so it doesn't seem like Burkle's going to be going anywhere anytime soon with Lemieux, um, which is a good thing. We finally have some real good stability. I can remember in, uh, right before the 15 season, the 2015-16 season, um, there were big talks, even going into those playoffs, big talks that Lemieux and Burkle were looking to sell off the team because successes weren't coming, ventures probably were brighter elsewhere, especially for Burkle because he's not really a hockey guy, but knew this was a good investment for him. But we ended up winning the Stanley Cup that season, and then all of a sudden we weren't on the market anymore. <laughs> so um, Burkle stuck around through that. Like I said, he's on the he's on the Stanley Cup three times. He's gonna go down in hockey history, whether you like it or not, whether he's a hockey guy or not. He's there and will be forever remembered in that sense. And like I said, he was part of the reason that he was a big part of the reason that the Penguins are still here in Pittsburgh. He was Lemieux's aide in buying the team. Yeah, and not enough people give him credit for that. A lot a lot of people look at Mario Lemieux and say he's the one that saved the team. And nobody realizes that he didn't do that solely on his own. And he did a, a big portion of that. And the big reason of that is because of Mario Lemieux. And mm-hmm. nobody's taking anything away from Lemieux. Right. It's impossible to do so. But Burkle was an essential p- factor in that. And it's something that a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins fans that do know who he is and do know the story are essentially and eternally grateful for Ron Burkle. So we'll see how he does as an eight seed. He's taken on mm-hmm. the rocket. And we'll see what he can do in that. Let's move on to the next matchup. Or what? Who are you going to introduce to us? We have a two head coaches here. The number four seed against number four seed Mike Sullivan against the number thirteen Scotty Bowman. Let's talk about Scotty Bowman for a moment. He's the winningest coach in NHL history. You could argue he's one of the best coaches of all time, maybe even in in all of sports. I don't know, but that's a conversation you can have. Anyone who's got the most wins in their respective sport deserves to be up there. He coached for thirty years, which is you know ridiculously long. Coached two seasons in Pittsburgh, but when he got here after the passing of Bad- of Badger Bob Johnson, he knew whose team it was. He knew it was his team, and he wasn't going to change up too much in the way of coaching style or gameplay. During his time here, he coached two of the best teams in Penguins history, a 1992 Stanley Cup champion and the one and only President's Trophy for the team in 1993. His record with the Penguins was a 95-53-16 and record, which... Still stands as one of the better coaching records in Penguins history. The way we have flipped through coaches, <laughs> like a Rolodex, I think you know having two seasons and 95 wins is pretty damn respectable. And obviously, like I said, it came with success both times. He finished the season with some sort of accolade to, you know, add to his resume: a Stanley Cup in '92 and then a Presidents Trophy in '93. He knew what he had to do here. He knew he had a great team, and it's cool knowing that. Um, one of the greatest coaches in hockey history spent a little bit of time here and contributed to two phenomenal seasons. And he is one of the greatest hockey coaches of all time. He's one of the great, 
front office executives of all time as well. He moved on up that ladder as well. And he's an extremely important factor in the Pittsburgh Penguins history because, as you mentioned, he took those teams after what happened to Badger Bob. Those teams could have folded. Those teams could have literally took that blow, and it could have ruined the early 90s for them. But speaking of somebody who turned it around was Mike Sullivan. I love this guy. Sully, (laughs) the current head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, there are times where, yes, on this show, I do go after him a little bit about some of the things he does. Play Yuso Rico a lot more. That would be better. But he is one of the best coaches in the NHL right now. He was up for a Jack Adams this year. I'm sure he would be a finalist. And I'm sure whenever they figure out when they're going to do the awards, he might still be a finalist. But he took over the Penguins in December of 2015. We all remember where the team was at that point. Like you said, before that, Cup run in 2016, when he took over, there was rumors of the Penguins being sold from Burkle and Lemieux to someone else. So he took this team, and he's part of the reason that it turned it around found that stability that we now have in 2020. And a big portion of that is he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Not only Phil Kessel, but Mike Sullivan is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He got his 200th win this past season. I guess, I don't know why I'm saying this past season, still (laughs) technically in the season, but he's 214, 115, and 40 during the regular season. 38 and 27 in playoffs, which seems like a lot, but at the same time, you look at the number of nine and two in playoff series. That is a ridiculous number that a lot of people don't get to. And now it's, of course, helped by the fact that his first two seasons as a head coach with the Penguins, he won the cup. So that's an immediate 8-0. But 9-2 and playoff series record as Penn's head coach. And in my opinion, humbly, he is the best Pittsburgh Penguins coach of our lifetime. I go back to Eddie Olchek is the earliest one that I remember. And Mike Sullivan, to me, is clear-cut the number one and there's only really one other guy that can compete with him but to me he is the best coach of our lifetime his moniker just play is fantastic and it's helped this team turn into a really really good team again this year so just play and you guys for him need to just vote absolutely now going into you mentioned in our lifetime you cannot disagree with that because since (laughs) i could list off all these names that since we've been born in 96 97 Coaches were Craig Patrick, Kevin Constantine, Herb Brooks, Yvonne Halinka, Rick Kehoe, Eddie Olchek, Michelle Terry, and Dan Bilesma, Mike Johnston, Mike Sullivan. Yeah, you have a very good case to make there for um, Sullivan being the best coach. He's going to end up being the winningest coach out of that group fairly yeah. soon. I well, mean, not fairly soon, because the guy I am talking about, are we there yet? No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Oh, we are. I, yep, because I talked about Bowman. Because... <laughs> We'll jump into the next one, because the guy I'm going to discuss here, the 12 seed, going against a 5, 12 seeded Dan Bilesma, the winningest head coach in Penguins history. He may not have all of the accolades of some other other coaches here, but he's got a Stanley Cup champion in 2009 in his first season here, first half season, I guess you could say. He was, you know, started partway through the season after the firing of Michelle Tarion with 252 wins makes him the winningest head coach got a jack adams in 2011 we can you could tout him for his stubbornness all you want but um during his time here he was the guy we all wanted he was a great coach for the time being he knew how to play the team that was going through terrible injuries of malkin and uh crosby he knew how to carry this team to playoffs every year at least whether it was you know, good years are bad. 
it was time for him to go and it was time for him to go. But a few things that won't be able to get taken away from him. He was the youngest coach in Penguins history. And his 2009 Stanley Cup is 2011 Jack Adams. The only Penguin coach to win a Jack Adams, actually. That's the one thing I wanted to mention. That's not something to be taken lightly. Jack Adams is, an, is a hell of an award for a coach to win one way or the other. We know Sullivan may have been up for it. You know, this season might still be, depends on how all that goes. But for now, Bowsman's the only one. He's got some heat, though, as he's going against our current GM and former goaltender Jimmy Rutherford. Big-seeded JR. GMJR Jim Rutherford, the current, of course, Pittsburgh Penguins general manager, as you mentioned. He took over in 2014, and he turned this team into a two-time Stanley Cup champion and a perennial top team in the Metro. They were already a perennial top team in the Metro slash Atlantic division before all this crazy realignment. But he, when he took over, he really established this team as wants to win every season, and it's great for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, he himself is a three-time Stanley Cup champion, twice with the Penguins, once with the Carolina Hurricanes, who he general managed before the Penguins. And he's a major proponent of sipping on that Fiji water and making <laughs> trades. He's one of the most active general managers ever. He's also one of the most media-available general managers ever. He actually gave a debriefing last week on the whole situation, talking to us about Jake Gensel possibly returning if it starts in June, which is great. But he is, again, one of the best characters in the NHL right now. He's such a cute little old man that you just you can't get mad at him. You really can't. And, of course, he was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder in 2019. GMJR, there's a reason he's a five seed. <laughs> he could arguably be higher. He's a Hockey Hall of Famer. He's a former NHL goaltender, and he's a fantastic general manager. We'll see how he pulls his weight against Danny Bilesma. But before we continue, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about cool hockey. Do you wish you had a better collection of jerseys? I know I do. Don't so if all. you do, <laughs> you don't we all? We have a great deal for you, courtesy of Cool Hockey and the Hockey Podcast Network. For a limited time, if you purchase a jersey on coolhockey.com slash THPN and enter the code THPN at checkout, not only will you get 30% off of your jersey order, but you will also be entered for a chance to win 31 free NHL jerseys, one from every single team. Your choice. Again, that's coolhockey.com slash THPN using the promo code THPN for 30% off and a chance at 31 free NHL jerseys. Don't miss out on this opportunity. It is a great opportunity. I personally got a jersey off of Cool Hockey the other day. Sidney Crosby Road White. Going to be a fun jersey. Got to wait a couple weeks to get that in, but I'm excited. But let's continue the show right now, and let's continue with the guy that started it all. He is an underdog in this matchup because not a lot of people know who he is. So he is ranked as an 11 seed. He's the founder of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. He founded them in 1969, 1967, excuse me. Nice. His name is Jack McGregor. And a lot of people might not know him, or a lot of people might only know him simply because of the Pittsburgh is home video that we mentioned earlier. But he brought hockey back to Pittsburgh for the first time in 35 years. That is a tough thing to do. It was a tough thing to do. He had to enlist the help of Art Rooney and some of the other big Pittsburgh moguls to get the NHL this pitch to prove to them that Pittsburgh is a big league hockey city. And boy, did it ever pay off. I, I know when that video was shot, he was brought back to Pittsburgh because he doesn't live here. He lives in Connecticut. But when he's brought back to Pittsburgh, he was amazed at what 
was there at PPG Paints Arena, which what started 50 years prior to that. And it's amazing because his stamp is still on the Penguins and will always be on the Penguins because his wife actually named them. Mm-hmm. Because they played at something called, quote-unquote, the Igloo. Boy, do I miss that arena. Man, don't we all? The new one's a lot nicer, but I do miss that arena. And he's also the reason for somebody else that is in this competition, that is in this bracket. He is the reason that we were granted a few short weeks with Penguin Pete. The good old <laughs> a story days. that'll last forever. And that's and Penguin Pete is someone we will get into at a later date, I'm sure. Next week, probably. <laughs> but yes. like you said, he's the original owner. He's the one that you know got the team here. What seed did we rank him as before I read notes here? The eleven. The eleven. He'll be going up against the sixth seed, who was the GM before Jim Rutherford. GM Ray Shiro. You want to look at it, the ending he had here? All you want it wasn't great. No one's ending in any sort of sports situation is. You you got fired, so clearly nothing was something wasn't going right. But Ray Shiro's time here is nothing to scoff at. Starting in two thousand six, he was the man that made some pretty big moves for the team that will never be forgotten for better or worse. He's the reason why we had Marion Hosa for half a season. He's a guy that brought in Chris Kunis, brought in Pascal Dupuis, you know, and then for the half a season brought in Jerome McGinley, Brendan Morrow, and Doug Murray, and Yusei Jokinen. He knew how to build teams, and he took some of that trading power he has over to the Devils um, in the following years, but, you know, he may not have been able to draft too well, but... When it came to making moves, making trades, he was fairly good at it and made some very good ones for the team. Very fun ones. Obviously, the success only spanned into one Stanley Cup in 2009 under Ray Shiro. But having you know those guys join our team, having Hosa on the team for, for a couple of games was a ton of fun to watch. Having a Ginla here was uh, so much fun. These are things that you can't deny from Ray Shiro. He, ha- he, had a decent, he did a decent job here. May be remembered for his losing seasons after 2009, sure, but I'll give credit where credit is due in saying Ratio really deserves some more love. That you know he's the reason why we had some fun at least. <laughs> yeah, he was a proponent of the big trade. Yeah, the massive trade. Now I know Rutherford is a proponent of any trade, any trade at all, honestly. <laughs> but Shiro was big on the splash trade, the marquee name. That's what he always went for, and it's something that, you know, it's it's fun to enjoy. I, I know when they got a Ginla, they didn't win the Stanley Cup. When they got Hosa, they didn't win the Stanley Cup. But they had runs those seasons, and they went for it. And that's something that a lot of GMs don't do, and it's something that we, as Penguins fans, are blessed to watch because we've had two GMs spanning over the past two decades that have really just went for it and understood that when you have two generational talents like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you cannot waste it. You have to go for it every single chance you get. So Ray Shiro and Jim Rutherford, both are proponents of you have to go for it. You have to go for it all when you have these types of players. So they are massive when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Somebody that people know is important to the Pittsburgh Penguins history, but I don't think people quite understand the tenure that he's had in Pittsburgh. That's our three-seed Eddie Johnson. Mm-hmm. That's why he's so high. A lot of people might say, you know, Eddie Johnston, he was he was cool and, you know, everything, and he was good and he was important to the Penguins and should be there. But a three-seed, guys, really? Three-seed? Yes, a three-seed. Yeah, Come on, guys. Absolutely a three-seed. He is, was, excuse me, 
the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins from 1983 to 1988. You know what that means, Horwat? He drafted Mario Lemieux. Oh, the big man. He made the six-one-six Mario Lemieux a Pittsburgh Penguin and changed the course of Penguins history forever. Of course, then he followed it up by coaching the Pittsburgh Penguins. First in 1980 to 83 before becoming general manager. Then once again from 1993 to 1997, owning a 232, 224, and 60 record as a coach. So not the greatest win percentage as a coach. But not terrible. But but not terrible, exactly. After he was asked to step down as coach in 1997, he became the assistant GM to Craig Patrick for nine seasons. And then I don't think people realize this. His last game as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization, it was the 2009 Stanley Cup Finals Game 7. That was the last time he was a member of this organization as an employee and not as an alumni member with the Penguins organization in multiple different facets. He won his first cup in 09 after 26 years in the Pens organization. He did have a couple years off. I, I said 29 earlier, but he had a couple years when he wasn't in the Pens organization. Mm-hmm. It happens. But 26 years in the Pens organization, won his first cup in 2009. Fantastic job, Eddie Johnston. Who's he going up against? Number 14, Michelle Terrian. Michelle Terrian might not have the greatest of personalities. The way I see it is he can get the best out of some of the best hockey players in the world. We saw him coach Crosby and Malkin at a young age phenomenally well. When he finished as Penguins head coach, he had a very respectable 135 and 105 and 32 record. That's not bad for a handful of seasons here. Ray Shiro liked him enough to sign him for a couple extra years. That would eventually not happen. But I personally don't see him as a terrible coach. He just made sure he was getting the most out of his players. He didn't give a damn what he said. And that you know really came through in many interviews he would give. Excuse me, saying that you know if the guys weren't playing good enough, he would let them. He would let the players. He would let the media. And he'd let the fans know we suck right now. Except for Max Talbot. Except for Max Talbot, exactly. But he knew how to get his boys going, though, because what would happen immediately after those sort of conferences? There'd be some wins, you know, some victories would get strung together, some great play would happen. And that's what you want in a coach. You don't, you shouldn't be caring too much about, I mean, if he's an awful person, clearly, I get that. But if Michelle Terrian isn't a terrible person and he's just a hard coach, he just wants to get the best out of you, that's the best kind of coach there is. They got to play you hard. They can't just be your friend out there. You got to have the best of both worlds in that. I think Michelle Terry may not have been friendly off the ice, but from when it came to working, he knew how to get your work, your best work, out of you. He was instrumental in bringing those guys up, and at that point they were kids. Yeah. So he was instrumental in having them learn how to be NHLers, and he did a good job. I wouldn't say he's the best. Moving on to the next seed. It is our 10th seed, Billy Guerin. Who doesn't love Billy G? Do you love Billy G, Horwat? Of course. Who doesn't? Exactly. Everybody loves Bill Guerin. He's currently the general manager of the Minnesota Wild and doing a pretty good good job in his first season. Thanks for course, Jason trading, Zucker. I was about to say, thanks for trading us Jason Zucker. I really appreciate that, bud. But he was the former Penn's assistant general manager for a very long time. Initially, when he was a player, he was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins 2009. As you mentioned last week, he was the veteran of the 2009 Stanley Cup winning team. A great locker room presence from all accounts of any player that talks about him. And, of course, the Stanley Cup champion in 2009. 
He retired after the 09-10 season, playing it with the Pittsburgh Penguins, so finishing his career with about a year and a quarter and a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Everybody loves Barry Guerin. He said thank yins when he came to Pittsburgh for the Wild versus Penguins game. It was a great atmosphere, and everybody loves him. So we'll see if that continues here in the brackets. He'll have uh, some competition in the seven seed, David Morehouse, who, who's like Ron Burkle, and he's got three championships, three Stanley Cups, that you might not know about because he is the president and CEO of the team. Yeah, you don't think about the president and CEO of your team too much, but David Morehouse was one of the most influential figures in bringing the new arena to Pittsburgh. He's the reason why we got Consol Energy Center slash PPG Paints Arena here today. You know, he did some work with presidential campaigns back in the day before he decided to flip, you know, flip the script and go to and join Lemieux and his team with the Penguins. He was named team president in 2007, named CEO in 2010. And then, you know, like I said, three-time cup champ. He's got cup rings himself. He's a Pittsburgh guy as well. He's been watching this team growing up. He said in the in that damn documentary we keep talking about, he was a rather... If you haven't seen it, you really should at this point. <laughs> just so you know what we're referencing. It just take three hours out of your quarantine. You know, it'll make a day go by. Watch it twice. Yeah, you have the time. Come on. Don't give any excuses. Um, you know, he's, he was a Rutherford guy from the start, whenever you know, Rutherford was goalie and Morehouse was a kid growing up watching the Penguins. It's, you know, Dave Morehouse is a Pittsburgh guy. He knew what he, you know, he did what he had to do. He joined the team. He got him a new arena. Um, he's sticking, he's sticking around as the president and CEO now, three-time cup champ. He's got very good history here and really we may have rated him higher than Billy Garen, but. Let's be real, a lot of people remember Billy Garen from being the player in 09, right? Yeah, and being the assistant GM. A lot of people just, from him being around the team for those 16 and 17 Stanley Cup championships, a lot of people really, really love Bill Guerin. And you, all you had to do was be at the 2017 Stanley Cup Parade and realize how many people still love and are going to continue to love Bill Guerin. So it's going to be a really tall task for David Morehouse, I think. Might be, but you know what? Maybe this time we'll get an upset. Maybe this time. <laughs> It's got to happen eventually, right? Yeah, the only one we have so far in the first, what is it, 16 matchups that we've put out has been Max Talbot beating Darius Kasparitis, and that was an 8 versus 9 seed. Hell yeah. All right. To our last matchup, the 2 and 15. Well, that's already not looking good, but the 2 seed, Craig Patrick. What more needs to be said? He's Craig effing Patrick. He was the assistant coach and assistant GM for that 1980 Olympic team. America's, not Canada's. (laughs) <laughs> for America's, the United States of America, 1980 Olympic team. Yes, that team, the movie, the actor they got looked a lot like him, actually. I think that was very impressive. GM of the team since 1989, winning two Stanley Cups with us. and stuck around for ages, it seemed like. He was here for a little while. He's here up until the Crosby draft. I believe it was his last one, if I remember correctly. You know, so he drafted Crosby. He drafted Malkin. He drafted Flurry. You know, he's... We've seen it, and he's done everything for this team in the front office. He's also done everything for this team behind the bench, at least as much as he could, because he had to step in to coach a couple of times with a record of 29-36-9. Not great, but that's not his role. He just knew he had to step up of points. Um, It's a damn shame we couldn't get him that 30th win, though. (laughs) But it happens, and over and above all else, he has been recognized by hockey itself and he's a hockey hall of famer for his duties and for his work because you know he was the assistant coach in one of the greatest moments in sports 
in hockey history, two-time cup champion as a GM in the early 90s with the Penguins, back-to-back, 91-92, and he knew what he had to do. He knew he could step up a couple of times here and there. He knew the game. He knew how to make moves. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but we knew he was around for all of it. He's been through bankruptcies with this team. He's seen it all. He's done it all, and he's enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame and on the Stanley Cup, which is all of which well-deserved. It is very well-deserved for Craig Patrick. And there's somebody else, our last person for the Penn's personnel side of the bracket in the first round. The last person that we have is also a Stanley Cup champion. His name is also on the Stanley Cup in 1994 as a New York Ranger. So let's just Mm not talk about it too much. But he did play two parts of seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only 68 games played, 33 points. So a half point a game, kind of. Okay. His name is Eddie Olchek. He's not really known much for being a Pittsburgh Penguin player. He's he's known for kind of being a Pittsburgh Penguin coach. He's the first coach that I remember the Penguins having, of course, growing up. Now, there were I've watched since before Eddie Olchek was the coach, but I never really remembered a coach until Edzo and Eddie O. He coached Penguins for about a, a season and a half, but that season and a half spanned from 2003 to 2006 because of the lockout. He was 31-64 eight ties, and ten overtime losses, so not the greatest record as a Penn's head coach either. But he is in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, so we have to give him some respect for that. He was a great player, played over a 1,000 games in the NHL. He's now working as a color commentator for NHL NBC, as well as NBC Sports Chicago. And, of course, everybody knows about his fight with stage 3 colon cancer. If you don't, look it up. Go read his book. Get his book. It was something that was really tough for him, and it was something that the entire hockey world paused because of how great of a player, how great of a guy, and how great of a coach he was for everybody in the NHL and all fans involved in watching the NHL. So a great guy, and let's see if he can take down the behemoth of a Mm -hmm. two-seed in Craig Patrick. It's going to be certainly interesting. One last note about Eddie Olchek. The big reason why he's put on this list, he was Sidney Crosby's first NHL coach, and that's something he likes to you know talk about. He knows... Crosby, Eddie knows Crosby for that. Those are our matchups for this round this week. It's going to be a slow one again, but we'll be posting these polls on our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast. Easy to find, easy to vote. We swear it's easy. <laughs> we figure it out every day. We push it out as much as we can. Um, like we said, it'll be a thread. It'll be our pinned tweet. Just go down, vote on them, tag a friend, send it to your friends. You know, retweet it, favorite it, do all the things to get this thing going. It's a fun poll. Don't worry. The more fun rounds are coming. We'll probably start squeezing multiple portions into an episode once or twice here and there as the, as things get small and we get near the final four. This is still just the round of 64. This <laughs> whole hiatus thing has really slowed this down, but we swear it'll get fun. We'll get down to it. Before we go, I wanted to send out a quick thank you to all of our sponsors and affiliates. Uh, first and foremost, our newest sponsor, manscaped with the lawnmower 3.0 fantastic so go out and buy it they sent us a care package it's fantastic everything that they have is really cool so go and check out manscaped.com we can get you 20 percent off also a thank you to coolhockey.com which will give you great deals on nhl jerseys shout out to reebok currently having a 50 percent off sale through april 10th so take advantage of that and then of course obviously nhl shop cbd medic built bar i don't think i missed any of them but go check out all of the deals that we offer you thanks to these fantastic sponsors who back us here at the tip of the iceberg and back us here at the hockey podcast network 
Like I said, for details on all of these deals, go ahead and visit at contact THPN on Twitter and you'll get your good deals because these guys care about us and we care about you and they care about you. So go ahead and take advantage of all these great deals. Uh, one last thing, of course, plug in all the Hockey Podcast Network specialty podcasts. House of Hockey Podcast came out with episode two now, so go and check that out. Tales with TR we mentioned last week, down now doing two episodes a week that we have so much more Terry Ryan to listen to. I'm so excited. And then always Ice Analytics Podcast. Go listen to Dr. Matthew Arp. We had a cameo, I guess you could say. No, yeah. just an appearance on the Ice Analytics Podcast a couple months back. So he's still pounding out great content. So if you're interested in analytics, go check out the Ice Analytics Podcast. But that is going to be all for this one. You can follow Horwat at Nick Horwat 41. You can follow me if you decide that you want to. I don't know why you would at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow our show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast with a brand new logo. Shout out to my girlfriend Kayla on that fantastic logo design that she made. The tip of the iceberg can be found anywhere you get your podcast from, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher. So go on and subscribe and rate us on any of those apps. We love to hear your feedback. Get in touch with us if you want to just join the conversation. We're enjoying talking to a lot of our listeners. And if you want to be on the show, send us a quick shout out. We'll try to fit you in. A lot of things are, are difficult right now because of only having one episode per week. But we'll get, we'll talk to you guys. The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Every team, everywhere. We'll see you guys next week.